like infant. If your esophagus is affected, yes. If your esophagus is affected by the radiation, then sometimes you know you'll have like localized effects there, and so you can have like painful swallowing and those kind of things, which then affects like your ability to eat and that kind of thing. Which he had kind of alluded to the fact that sometimes people get so bad with the radiation esophagitis that they need like a feeding tube, but that's pretty rare. Does uh, marijuana help? Um, you know, I would wait and see, honestly, because what happens usually on this regimen when we give the carbotaxol weekly, most people don't have a ton of nausea. Usually, you know, your pills that we put you on can usually help. You know, now, if that's something that you sort of see down the line that, that you're having a lot of nausea and the pills that we're giving you aren't helping and that's the, you know, the road that you want to take, then you certainly can. Um, there's a um, company, Ohio Cannabis Connection, if you're wanting to go the medical marijuana route, um, they can help. Um, Dr. Lundberger <coughs> does prescribe, but only for, like writing medical marijuana cards, only for terminal patients. And so you're not in that case. Well, to be very honest and straight up, I mean, I was a hippie. I've been smoking pot for 50 years. Yeah. And like, uh, even when I went through all that test, I know I should have told you this a long time ago, but and still, you know, but I haven't for a long time because I don't inhale it. I can't. But there for a while after all them tests, I was so sick I hadn't, hadn't eaten for a week. Yeah. And then as soon as I was able to, <clears throat> to um, not really inhale it, but I would bring it in my mouth and then just blow it out. And it helped. Okay. You know, where I was able to eat some uh, pineapples and fruit and some protein and Ovaltine. Okay. But I don't have a decoder ring. <laughs> it's a sense of humor. <laughs> but anyway, um, my other sister won. This is my friend Lynn, my mother, my kid's mother, and we've been friends forever. But anyway, <clears throat> they wanted me to ask. Yeah. So obviously, you know, like our medical opinion is going to send you the route of medical marijuana, right? Right. Um, and so I can give you their card today, um, and that way you could you can call them. You don't need a referral from us or anything. I'm not a hundred percent sure what they're doing in the midst of the coronavirus. Like if they're still seeing patients or what if they're doing tele. I don't know how that works with them. Um, but like I said, if like Dr. Lewenberger is only licensed to prescribe for terminal patients, so patients who have less than six months to live. So well, my other problem would be I live in Indiana. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, let me check on that and see because I feel like some of our patients have gotten the Ohio used Ohio Cannabis Connection and been a with that, but I don't know the state by state rules with that, you know, if you, if you prospect in Indiana. Mm -hmm. So, you know, off, you know, record, we can't really tell you, you know, if, if that's what you've been doing and that's helping. But, you know. I mean, I have my own and it's no problem getting it and it's just, uh, I can't inhale it. Yeah. I can't inhale anything. Some people choose to do more like the edible route of those right. kind of things. Right, that's what which, I'm talking about. Yeah, which um, is helpful like through Ohio. And you could always call, I, I would recommend that you call Ohio Cannabis Connection and ask them 
what about, you know, because I live in Indiana, how does that work? Um, and uh, they probably have a, a pointer to help people that live in the tri-state, you know, so I'm sure they know all the rules. Okay. I mean, we're all hip, uh, we were hippies growing up, and uh, of course you're a young lady, and uh, you'd be surprised how many old people still do. Yeah. Just because they're tired of the drugs. Sure. And that's something, you know, like I said, unfortunately, I, medically, I can't give an opinion on that to tell you that that's okay to do. Um, but I will give you a card for Ohio Cannabis Connection, okay. and you take it whichever route you want. Okay? Thank you. Sure. Um, so today, you know, let's talk about treatment. Um, we kind of alluded to, I'll go further into detail about nausea and vomiting down the road, okay? Um, but what we usually start with is just kind of, I'm gonna print this document for you when all is said and done, but we'll go through it together. Basically, it's just outlining your treatment plan. So it has the diagnosis of the lung cancer. It's a stage three. Um, you know, the goal with the treatment um, is to potentially cure this with what we're doing, right? Right. Um, the risk of recurrence, though, is rather high with a stage three lung cancer. And so we get you through the chemo and radiation, which is given together. Once the radiation is finished, <coughs> five or six weeks, then the chemo stops. Whenever the radiation stops, the chemo stops. Usually, the, so the chemo is only one day out of the week. Radiation is Monday through Friday. Um, so typically, you end up getting about six, maybe seven chemos in, but we'll see how things play out. Sometimes chemo gets delayed because of maybe how you're feeling or whatever. Things can change, but it's about six or seven treatments. Right. Okay. Um, if um, we have to push back a chemo or something, say we, you know you come in, your counts look bad, we can't treat you that week. It doesn't tack it on the end. It just means that when you're finished with the radiation, you're finished with the chemo. So whether you get four chemos in or seven chemos in, it is what it is. Okay. Um, so when um, we talk about, you know, the, the plan after the chemo and the radiation, they typically will get a scan on you maybe a month or so after everything is finished to look and see how things look. And then after that, Dr. Lohenberger is going to talk to you about going on a medication called immunotherapy. Mm -hmm. This immunotherapy is called Infinzy, um, and Infinzy is given IV once every two weeks for a year, okay? Mm -hmm. Now you yourself don't have any history of autoimmune disorders like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, nothing like that. Okay, anything in your family, on your side of the family? No. Okay, we will talk more in detail. I'm not going to talk about Infinzy today. We will talk about that once we switch over to that, okay? Because um, it'll just overwhelm you with information and maybe confuse you between the two. Because immunotherapy is much different than chemo is, okay? It's usually very easy to do. So chemo. So there's two drugs that we're going to give. One is called carboplatin and one is called taxol. Um, the drug combination, um, you will get um, when you come in for your treatment day. So if you're treated, I think he has you starting on Monday for mm -hmm. the treatment. So every Monday will be your chemo day. So that'll be a much longer day for you. When you're just coming in for the radiation days, it's usually like 20, 30 minutes and that's right. it. Um, so your chemo days are your longer days. Usually you're here um, at least, um, probably, I usually say about three to four hours for the chemo, uh, give or take, hopefully less, but I'll, I'll shoot for that, okay? 
Um, we will stick your finger in the lab. That finger stick's gonna show us your white count, your red count, and your platelets. We look at those because the chemotherapy can drop all those counts. Mm -hmm. If it drops your white count, it means we're at an increased risk for infection. You're at an increased risk for infection at baseline because we have you on treatment. And so that during a pandemic can be sort of scary, right? But you just have to try to take the measures that you can to protect yourself. You know, we try to limit um, family members that come, you know, and visiting or any outside visitors like friends, those kind of things should not be coming to the house. Right. Um, if someone can go to the grocery store for you, you know, any big crowded places you should try to avoid, okay? Right. Washing your hands frequently, um, making sure that your environment is clean. So at home, you know, frequently touch surfaces like doorknobs and remotes and those kind of things are being clean. Um, in your diet, you have to watch for bacteria. So fresh fruits and vegetables can sometimes harbor bacteria that's hard to um, clean. Like lettuce is really hard to clean, those kind of things. So if you can go to like, um, frozen vegetables or something like that right now, you know, when you're cooking and making sure that your foods are cooked thoroughly, that kind of thing, that's better. Okay. Okay. Caution when eating out as you don't know, you know, how that food was prepared and, you know, especially during the pandemic, who knows, right? Um, and so, you know, we just use extra, extra caution when we're on treatment. Okay. Try to stay home as much as you can until we kind of see, you know, how everything plays out. Um, over the next like couple of months with the, the pandemic and how things are either settling or ramping up, okay? Um, if your red count goes down, it means you're anemic. Sometimes we have to give people blood transfusions, but that's really very rare. Um, sometimes if your platelets drop, we worry about bleeding. Platelets help our blood to clot, um, and if our platelets get too low, we can bleed. Right. And so we'll watch that. And these are the counts that, you know, we look at before we send you upstairs for treatment. So if any of these counts are, are too low for our concern, we may say, you know what, we're not going to treat you with chemo today. We'll push it back and see you next week. Okay? Um, so. Once you get the finger stick done, you come back here and see a provider. Dr. Lewenberger typically will alternate visits with his nurse practitioners. I'm one of them and Arlene is another. Mm -hmm. um, we are probing you with questions, looking for things that might be wrong, red flags that we see. If everything looks good and we're okay with it, we'll send you upstairs. Upstairs is our treatment area. Our treatment suite is a big open room, sort of has those like hospital recliner chairs. Um, no visitors in the treatment suite, no visitors in the waiting room upstairs. So we would ask that you either, you know, go to your car or if, I don't know how far you live, if you live in Indiana, it probably doesn't make sense for you to go home and come back, but that's up to you, okay? Um, we usually have you have someone drive you to your first chemo appointment. If you do okay with that, then we say, well, you can probably drive yourself after that. But we do give you some free medications that include Benadryl and that can make you sleepy, mm -hmm. okay? So. When we give this bag of what's called pre-medication, it has some high-dose anti-nausea medication in it. So that hopefully should help significantly with the nausea effect, okay? It has a little bit of steroid. So those steroids sometimes, you know, we're giving you the Benadryl, which makes you sleepy during treatment, but the steroid then will last and maybe cause some like insomnia for a day or two because you kind of get ramped up from it. Well, okay? look like Arnold. No, <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> So it's just the it's just a low dose of the dexamethasone, and then you also get sort of an antacid with it as well. Okay, 
Now, do you take a, are you on the omeprazole? I am. Good. I would continue that. I would not stop that. Make sure you're taking that as. It's wonderful. Okay. Sometimes we can have an increase like acid reflux from the treatment, um, and especially with the radiation as you get further into it. So these side effects that I'm going to talk about in a second from head to toe, the side effects tend to build up as you go through the treatment. And so towards the end of things is really when it kind of gets at its worst, okay? Now, some people sail right through and don't have any issues, and other people have a lot of problems. There's no way to anticipate that. We just kind of deal with things as they come. I normally don't. Okay. All right. And I, I usually tell people, you know, everything I'm saying today in terms of what could happen, I hope doesn't happen and doesn't usually happen. But I, I have to warn you that it's possible. I'm normally very upbeat. Okay. Good. Positive. Okay. An attitude has a lot to do with it. Too. I see. I, I I totally agree. Yeah. Mind over matter type of thing. Sure. You know, you tell me what to do, I'll do it. Okay. All right. And then sometimes I just absolutely refuse the worst part, and I'll push through it. Okay. Okay. Good. So attitude is good, and having a good support system is good as well. Now, do you I live do. at home by yourself? I do. You do. Okay. All right. But if you have people that you can call that can come and help. Um, yeah, my nephew's live right up the street. And okay. Okay. Um, she she lives in Fairfield, so she'd be there. She would not be there. I gotcha. So far further away. Um, did he talk to you about a port? Do you have a port in, or are we just using your veins? Okay. So for now, we'll use your veins. Now, some people can get through this treatment just using their veins and not having a, a port is essentially, have you, do you know what I mean? When I know what I mean. Okay. Um, sometimes if we have issues with your IV access, we may have to put a port in, um, especially because if we're gonna continue the Infinzi, you know, you're getting the Infinzi IV once every two weeks for a, a whole year. So some people want a port in because of that. Okay. Where would you put a port? In either side of your chest. Um, some people out in Indiana, like if they see like Dr. McCann, either of the McAndrews, um, sometimes they'll put them, they put theirs in the upper arms. But I know they have a hard time getting things in my arms. I got bruises up and down like a junkie. Oh, because your veins kind of stink? Well, I don't know what it is, but okay. they just can't hit them. Okay. Do you want us to put a port in? Well, um... Can he swim with that in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, oh, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't be against it. Okay, so usually what we do, because you don't have a surgeon, right? You're mm -hmm. not actively seeing a surgeon. Typically what we'll do is we have um, our interventional radiology team put it in. Um, it might be that Dr. Lewenberger wanted to try to use your veins at first because anybody that's having procedures at the hospital right now has to be tested for um, COVID. So I we mean, not twice. Did you? Okay, when was the last time you did it? The other day. Okay. Um, I wonder if that's okay for them to... Let me talk to Dr. Lewenberger, and then I'll find out if that... I don't know how frequently they're trying to repeat it on people who are having procedures. So. Well, I think I just I had it done a week ago this past Friday, and then okay. Friday. Okay, all right. All right, so let me talk with him. But a port essentially goes in either side of the upper chest. Um, when it's not accessed, so when the needle's not in it, it's just your skin over top of it. Some people will see a little bump. That's what I mean, they did skin. Yeah, that looks like your, your veins aren't the best. I can't remember. Well, I'm a junkie now, so that's all right. <laughs> um, and so 
when we put that port in, we can draw blood out of your port. We can, you know, um, give all the treatments through the port. So some people like to have it, especially if they're going to be on treatment for a long period of time. Okay. Um, so issues with putting a port in, what are the potential risks involved? So infection with a port. So it's an indwelling catheter. Um, and so you could always have it in a port infection. Sometimes when they first put it in, um, they'll get a chest x-ray after they put it in because it can pop your lung when they put it in. That's rare, but it can happen. And then there's a the risk of clotting on the port side. Um, so some people will get like a, a blood clot in their arm. Okay. What do you suggest is the best? So just try to hit the veins or a port? If you're telling me that you have trouble with your veins, I would suggest probably putting a port in sooner rather than later. I have had some, some girls, no problem. Yeah. I mean, they just go in there, they do their thing, and then, uh, then you see that. Yeah. The girl I did the PET scan <clears throat> last week stuck me six times. Okay. Right. Then I had a girl before that, just no problem. Okay. Well, let me talk with Dr. Lewinberger and get his okay, and then what we do is we send you to intervention. We get you scheduled. Are you on any blood thinners? No. Okay. Um, they were asking. Okay, you would have to hold the aspirin beforehand, but we get you scheduled for the port. Now you don't have to have, it won't happen before Monday, which is fine. We'll just do your first treatment in your arms and then we can get it scheduled after that, okay? Um, but um, it, you know, I, I'll get his okay for it, but I think that we'll probably be good to go, especially if we're talking about putting you on the Infinzy for a year, you know, you want some access for that, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, so the port, you know, once they, I'll go ahead and send in cream for the port. The cream, you'll put it over top, it's numbing cream. If you don't care about being stuck, you probably don't need it. But what most people do is they take over top of the bump that you feel, they'll take that cream and put it on about a half an hour before their treatment. And then that numbs it up. And then when the girls go to use it, they'll wipe it off and it's, you know, dulled down to their stick because they do stick a needle. I want to clench that little bit of pain. <laughs> okay. So if you don't want it, I don't have to send it That's in. Fine. Okay. Um, if you if you get your you know the first time that your port is accessed, it'll be tender, right? Because mm. we'll be using it weekly. If it's really tender, we can just go and use your veins again. But if um, if it you want the port cream later, just let us know at this time. Okay. Um. So side effects that you might notice head to toe. Okay. Um, we're checking on the labs, which we talked about. We look at your kidney function, your liver function, electrolytes, all that stuff is followed on our end every single time you get treatment, okay? Side effects. Hair thinning is possible. I don't anticipate that all of your hair is going to fall out. A lot of times men notice that facial hair tends to fall out or not, you know, grow back in. Um, now, after the treatment's finished, it, it will, um, but during treatment, it kind of thins, okay? Some people will notice like some change in their vision. So we don't want you to get a new pair of glasses while you're on treatment because things will likely change back after, you know, the treatments are finished. Um, so people tend to have like a little bit of blurred vision or having trouble focusing on like reading or what have you. That's pretty normal. Um, sometimes we can have a constant drip from our nose. As long as it's clear, we're fine. If it looks infectious, obviously we want to know that like green or yellow snot coming out, we want to know. A lot of stuff can happen in your mouth. Um, mouth sores are a possibility. We're going to give you um, a recipe for salt water and baking soda rinses. Okay. Those rinses, we want you to do them about three or four times a day. Um, just swish, gargle, and spit. 
And you can either combine the two. We give you a recipe for that. You can either combine the two or you can do one or the other. It doesn't matter. If you do get mouth sores despite doing that, let us know. We'll send something special in, okay? Mm -hmm. Taste buds are going to change on treatment. Things that used to taste good probably won't taste good anymore. So you just have to try to find things that work for you. And know that you have to eat to live, right? So you've got to try to maintain your weight. Um, if you're not interested in eating or you're having trouble swallowing, um, you know, I want you to probably do like, if you've ever done protein supplements like Boost or Insure. Well, I've been considering those seriously here the last few days. Okay, yeah. Because I know I'm not getting the right proteins and such. Okay, yeah. So maybe pick some of those up. As long, you're not diabetic, right? No. Okay. As long, maybe pick some of those up and if you're not interested in a meal or something like that, you can drink one of those and at least you get some good calories and some protein that way. Okay, and then you know, as things if things get really bad in terms of like they're swallowing because of the radiation, um, then people can live off of uh, you know six of those a day. So if we have to, you know, we can kind of give recommendations as we go along, and we'll be watching your weight as we go. Okay, hydration is super 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 important. Um, a lot of water. Yes, I want you drinking about sixty four to eighty ounces of water a day. Which is how much is it? Um, so it's a gallon. half a gallon. I can do that. Yeah. Um, and so water's best. Other fluids that are good would be anything that's low in sugar. Nope. No alcohol and low in caffeine. Okay? Nope. Milk's okay. Sometimes milk irritates people's system. It's, yeah. Yeah. So just kind of use your own judgment on that. You know, if you drink it and then it upsets your stomach, obviously avoid it. Okay? That's all I drink anyway, water and milk. Is it? Okay. Um, caffeine dehydrates you, so that's why we say to try to slack off from caffeine too. I haven't had coffee in a month. Okay. Well, I could coffee, but sorry, I can get by. Okay. Now, nausea and vomiting, let's go back to that. So I send in two different anti-nausea medications for you to have just in case. Now, some people use both of them and have to alternate them like every four hours. Some people never touch them, but at least you have them. Okay, um, and again, we talked about your other modalities, you know, if that's what you want to want to lean on, that's okay, but I'll give you these pills just in case. Okay. Okay. Um, and you, do you use Kroger in Lawrenceburg? Yes. affected by the treatment um, so sometimes we get constipation sometimes we get diarrhea sometimes there's no change to our bowels it's okay to take Imodium if you have diarrhea it's okay to take you know stool softeners Miralax Metamucil all those over-the-counter preparations if you um, have constipation okay and in the booklet that we give you it's got lovely pages on everything diarrhea constipation nausea vomiting sort of walks you through what to do with those and then when to call us pages on diarrhea. Isn't it lovely? That's <laughs> <laughs> what we like to talk about. <laughs> um, sometimes with the Taxol infusion, so the chemo that we're going to give you, some people will get like some body aches afterwards. It almost feels like you're kind of achy like the flu is possible. Um, my preference for pain medication at home would be to use like 
Tylenol and try to stay away from like additional aspirin, ibuprofen, and Aleve. Those can all um, in, like cause bleeding, mess with your platelets, so that's why we lean towards the Tylenol if we need it. Okay. Some people will develop what's called neuropathy on the treatment, so numbness and tingling in their hands and their feet. That's something that can build up each time we give you the treatment, it gets worse. I will tell you for the most part on this regimen, when we give it weekly, it's usually not that bad for folks, okay? But if you do notice that, we certainly want to know, and we'll be asking you that in the appointments, okay? Um, top three things I want you to remember if you don't remember anything else that I said today, because it's overwhelming with all the information, is that I want you to call us if you have any uncontrolled side effects. Nauseated, vomiting, it's not controlled at home, you don't know what to do, call. You're taking your nausea pills, it's not helping. We can always bring you in and give you IV fluids if we have to, okay? Which sometimes we have to do towards the end of treatment if you're having trouble keeping your fluids down or eating um, enough, okay? Um, the other thing is to make sure that you're staying hydrated at home, okay? Hydrate and make sure that you're eating. And then if you get a fever, we want you to call us right away, okay? A hundred point five or higher, okay? Not a hundred and five, but 100.5. Want you to call us. If you have any symptoms that would be indicative of the coronavirus, such as shortness of breath, cough, you've been around somebody who is positive for coronavirus or suspected for coronavirus, we have to know that before you come into the office, okay? okay. Um, we are pretty protective of our patient population, and so we can't have anybody who is suspected or has any symptoms well, come I in understand. here. I understand. Yeah, because it <coughs> could spread pretty quick here, okay? All right. Taking your medications, you know, at home, your normal medications, you would just take a, as you normally would, okay? There's no restrictions there. You can eat the day of chemotherapy. I usually tell people to, like, have, like, a small breakfast. Not, nothing too heavy, just in case you were to get sick, but I don't anticipate that you will, but just in case. Sometimes when you're getting the infusions upstairs, some people will have an allergic reaction to the treatment. Just like we start any medication, sometimes as it's infusing, we might, our body says, whoa, what's that, and mounts an allergic response. That might show itself as like you feel flushed or hot, you feel itchy, severe onset, like sudden onset of lower back pain. Some people have trouble breathing, okay? And so if that happens, we stop the infusions right away. We usually give additional steroids to reverse that effect. Most of the time, I will tell you about 90% of the time we can restart the infusion just fine, okay? We just have to adjust your pre-medications the next time. Sometimes it gets bad enough that we have to send people to the hospital. If we have concern for your airway, we may have to send you over, okay? But that's extremely rare. Right. Okay. Um, let me go to this document here and make sure that we've touched on everything. Do you have um, advanced directives like a living will or healthcare power of attorney? I do. You do. Do we have copies of those in our system, do you know? I don't think so. If you think of it, next time you come in, if you want to bring a copy, we will put those in the chart, okay? Mm -hmm. What about pain? Are you having any pain? No. And then on this form, we try to assess for any additional needs, you know, that you may have at home, whether that's emotional, you know, insurance, transportation, anything like that, but it doesn't look like you marked anything. Now we will give you several um, resources in the packet that we're going to give you, which just sort of lists local um, resources that may be helpful. A lot of the resources, unfortunately, and I'm sure you understand, are suspended at this time. 
like um, counseling and those kind of things. We can set up counseling over the phone. Um, I, I think they're doing like telemedicine visits and stuff like that. So. Pretty good. Okay. I don't get depressed. I don't get none of that. Okay. And then for so when scheduling, there's the last statement in this document is about scheduling appointments. Okay. When we see you, we schedule your next appointment that day. So like I, we see you on treat you on Monday, we'll schedule your next appointment before you leave for the following Monday. Radiation is a set time, okay? And ours ch can change. If ever you have like a long break on your chemo and radiation days in between chemo and radiation, please speak up and let us know um, because usually one of the two, either radiation or us, can work you in. So you're not sitting here waiting forever. Okay. Okay. Questions about anything that we talked about? Well, the only thing I have, um, like before all this started, I had just had all my teeth pulled for a new dentures, all that, blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. And of course, with the COVID and all that, I have not been able to complete it. Yeah. And now I can. So, like next, what is it, Lenny? Tuesday. Tuesday, I have an appointment at 8 o'clock in the morning, then I come here. So it would be to be fitted for dentures? Yes. Okay. For my final fitting, they give me some, so I would have at least, you know, some. Okay. They were so terrible, you can't wear them. But anyway, these are the better, the, the best, blah, blah. Can I say what I would probably do? you may lose a significant amount of weight when you're going through this treatment and then now you've paid all this money and been fitted for these dentures and now they don't fit at the end of treatment. I would wait. I think I should, huh? If you can, I would wait. Now, the odds of you getting through the treatment without having that happen are okay, but you could even call your dentist and say, hey, this is what's going on and they would, they probably would suggest waiting as well if you can. My, my fear is that you, if you end up being one of those folks who loses a bunch of weight, your dentures aren't going to fit right. And then you wasted all that money. Yeah, because they are like $9,000. Yeah. So <clears throat> if you can get by with the ones that you have now, that's what I would try. If you're miserable and you can't, you know, you feel like you can't eat because of that, then obviously you need to go I will do whatever I got to do and whatever you suggest is what I will do. That would be my fear. If yeah. you got fitted for them now, my fear is that if you lost a bunch of weight, they won't fit at the end and we'll have so, a bunch of issues. I didn't know your gums and that would shrink when you lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. But I'll call them cancel. Just tell them what's going on and see what they think. You know, see what they think. Well, they're guaranteed, you know, so if they don't fit and you're not going to put that do in them or make them fit and they're supposed to fit the best. Yeah. You know, it's uh, Talk to them and see. Obviously, dentures aren't our niche, right? right? So if they have some new, like, policy or something like that, I don't know. But I'll follow them in day. You see. But that's just something to think about is that maybe... I would have never thought of it. Yeah, they may not fit when all this is over, so... I was ready for that steak. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's not so bad. Okay. I'm sorry. It could be worse, right? It could be stage four. Yeah. That's how I, I got a sense of humor. That's how I look at things. Yeah. Okay. I'm very positive and upbeat. You know, I'm ready to kick this thing's butt. 
That's good. Okay, good. Do what the doctors tell me, and hopefully I'll get through it. Okay. Well, I'm going to talk to Dr. Lohenberger about port, okay? And I'll come back in and let you know what he says. Um, the nurse is going to come in next. Um, I think she has somebody training with her, so uh, there might be two folks. Sorry. Um, and then um, they have you, at the end of everything, they'll have you sign consent to start treatment, okay? Um, in the meantime, there's a restroom right next door here, and then can I get you guys something to drink? We have water, juice, water's and Water's fine. Water? The water's fine. Okay, all right. I will be right back. It's nice meeting you. You too. Thank you. No mistake for us, is there? Hmm? No mistake for us. No. No steak. We can make it. We can take it and make a hamburger. Let me see your arms. Where'd she poke you? Look. Oh, yeah. I've had those. Oh, Why is she poking look. you there and not up in the... Here. Oh, oh look. Here, here. Oh God, in my hands. Hooked me six times, I almost had to say something. And you know me, man, I can take a lot. Mm -hmm. I would have took the numbing cream. <laughs> I'll take the numbing cream, but uh, I don't know. My man. mom used to rub it on her port. I get in the river with that thing on? Mm-hmm. But she said you can swim, swim, but she didn't say river. Well, it's under your skin. You still recording? Mm-hmm. You still recording? Mm-hmm. Well, you want me to stop? I can't for right now. It's just stop. <clears throat> How long will it go? I don't know, but I'm afraid if I stop it, I don't I'll know if it'll restart. So when's the first time? Monday, I guess, huh? Mm-hmm. Joey can bring it, can he? I don't know. I'll bring it myself. Yes, can. So I have to come back in four hours, sir, four hours. That's right. I don't she think she wanna to sit in her car that long. She has. The other day we was all day. Literally. From uh six in the morning all day. A girl did. Verna said she would, that's scary. <laughs> yeah. Dick said he would, and that's even scarier. Oh yeah, that would scare me. I <laughs> <laughs> wonder if they would put a chocolate rose on that cake. I can put a chocolate bunny on there. No, it's just a... <coughs> <coughs> hey, 
One that was cold and one that's not. I can drink them not. It's fine. Okay. I don't care. He always Thank drinks you. it like that. Okay. I think however it is. All right. Thank you. Uh, yeah, you're welcome. And then um, Dr. Lieberger was on the phone, but I'll talk to her in just a minute. You know, she said maybe I will take the cream even if I don't need it. Okay. I'll send it over. Yeah. Yeah, you just put it on about a half an hour before you're coming for treatment. Um, and then take like, if you have saran wrap or glad press and seal or something mm -hmm. like that at home, just cut like a square of that out and stick it over top of it. Yeah, she said her mother did, so... Yeah. I, I did, know. too. When I had a... Well, you're a scaredy cat. Well, they stuck that needle in there to put that little radioactive bead in my breast for the oh, yeah. surgery. Yeah. And that, that really helped. The lidocaine. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'll send it in. Thank if it's you. really expensive and you don't want to pick it up, you don't have to, but we'll see. All okay? Right. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. It didn't cost that much because I got it. And it really works because you're going to be stuck once a week and your skin gets real tender. My mom's port. Not with a port. Yeah, it got tender because they go right through the, the ports under the skin and they stick the needle through the skin into the port. Oh, it's under the skin. Yeah, it's under the skin. So I got a bump there. Right. Didn't Grandpa have one of those? Yep. He had his in his arm. And then they, um, sometimes they, they flush it after they use it. They put a... Um, a thing in there and they flush it with water or whatever. How come you get cold water and I don't? Well, I can trade you. I'm kidding, I don't care. But, um, yeah, I would definitely do it. And it does, Mama. Just put it on before you leave home. Stick that little piece of plastic wrap on there. I didn't know how they were going to go into my boob when they were putting that radioactive bead in. But, um, so I rubbed it all over my head. <laughs> i got to figure out a way to eat. I don't feel like eating nothing. Does it smell like roses or something in here? Mm, not through this mask. Yeah, you definitely got to eat.